Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Let's get into Chris's question. First, I want to tell you a little bit about Chris. So Chris is from Vital Foundations. His website is, let's see, I believe it's vitalfoundations.com. And Chris is a member of traditionalcookingschool.com. So we get to interact quite a bit on our private Facebook group. Chris um, is a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified GAPS practitioner. So he really knows his stuff. And he has this question about beet kvass. He says, he tweeted this a while back. He said, is it okay for beet kvass to get a film when you're fermenting the second batch using the same beets? So what do you guys think? What's your tentative feeling right now? In the comments, put a thumbs up if it's okay. Put a thumbs down if you think it's not okay to get a film, a white film on top of your beet kvass. We're getting a love the question. Good. I hope that means you're interested in the answer. We're going to talk about it. So thumbs up if you think it's okay. Thumbs down if it's not. So we're getting a thumbs up. Yes. We're getting a drink it anyway. Another thumbs up. (laughs) I love your guys' confidence. Me too. Thumbs up. Up. (laughs) Good. Okay, well, you guys are right, but I want to explain some things first. So in case anybody here doesn't know what we're talking about, um, I'm going to give you a photo. This is fermenting beet kvass. So the chunks you see in the bottom there are cut up beets. You can't use... um, small pieces of beets. You need to use large pieces of beets um, because beets have a lot of sugar and you don't want your beet kvass to turn into an alcoholic beverage. You want it to stay as a lacto-ferment involving lactobacilli and producing lactic acid, not alcohol. So you keep your beet chunks fairly large, you combine them with salt and water and a starter culture if you'd like, and you give it a few days and you get this beautiful red, and it darkens over time, red liquid from which you then strain out the beets. And Chris's question referred to, what if I get a film on the second ferment? Well, the second ferment is these beets, after they make the first batch, um, they still have life in them. So you can combine them with about a little bit of your finished beet kvass from the first batch, more water, a little bit more salt, and you can actually take them for another round and get more juice and more goodness out of those beets. We got a question in the comments already, why not alcohol? Well, we're we're really interested in the most healthful fermented beverages and beet kvass is a lacto ferment and um, alcohol just would make it not beet kvass, it would make it an alcoholic beverage without the healthful properties of beet kvass. I'm gonna tell you about those in just a moment. Okay, so this is beet kvass. Is salt necessary? Yes, absolutely. I also saw the question, is starter culture optional? Yes, the starter culture is optional. So whey, a lot of people use, which is dripped off from plain yogurt or kefir with active cultures. Or you could use a veggie starter culture, like from Body Ecology or um, Caldwell's or Homesteader Supply has one. 
And I'm, is uh, still okay to drink for fun? You mean alcohol? I'm never going to tell anybody not to drink alcohol, <laughs> which doesn't mean I'm saying drink a ton of alcohol. It just means that we're not talking about alcohol right now, and I'm not going to take a stand either way. Can you use water kefir? That's a good question. Yes, you can use water kefir as your starter culture. Um, the only one that I don't think would make a great starter culture is uh, kombucha. But water kefir, um, like I said, the veggie starter culture is way, or you could simply omit it. Um, I do have a recipe I should mention now. If you want to see my recipe for beet kvass, if you're already a member of Traditional Cooking School, or you have my lacto fermentation ebook, or even if you have my print book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods, the recipe's in there. I also share it on the blog, and the address for you is tradcookschool.com, that handle right there, tradcookschool.com slash beetkvass. One word, B-E-E-T-K-V-A-S-S, beetkvass. So check out that recipe. You know what? I, this is a good time to mention, but Nourishing Traditions has a recipe for beet kvass. Mine is uh, modified from that because the Nourishing Traditions recipe is just really salty. So this one backs off on the salt, and that leads me into what does beet kvass taste like anyway? Well, I think it could be an acquired taste for people. Um, as compared to other fermented beverages, it's not fizzy. It's just earthy, sweet, salty. Some people may, may have this reaction like, I don't know, I think I've heard people say, oh, it tastes like dirt. Well, I think that's earthy. I don't think it's dirt. Um, but anyway, make some and try it. We have an agree, the nourishing traditions recipe is too salty. We also had a question, do you have to use organic beets? It is best to use pesticide-free, you know, the best quality produce you can when fermenting. Definitely pesticide-free because pesticides can get in the way of your fermenting organisms. And often, to, to ensure pesticide-free, you're looking at a local farm that you know hasn't sprayed anything and uses you know, organic growing methods, if not certified organic, or you're using, or you're purchasing um, organic. Here's a picture of beets, by the way. We're getting a taste like borscht. Yeah, I would say so. So, you know, get the best quality beets you can. So that's what beet kvass is. Oh, it's very, very good for you. I wanted to read you a quote from Nourishing Traditions about its um, health benefits. It's an excellent blood tonic. It promotes regularity. I can vouch for that. Aids digestion, alkalizes the blood, cleanses the liver, and is a good treatment for kidney stones and other ailments. So it's really, really good. We get in the habit during beet season because we grow beets. So for as long as they last, we just try to keep some beet kvass on hand, and we just have a little, a little cup full every day, um, at least me and my husband. And I'm going to talk about some ways that you can kick it up at the end. But I do think now uh, we need to get into Chris's question. So he's asking about a film on the second ferment. So as, as I polled you earlier, you know, what do you think about that, yes or no? Um, you guys gave a thumbs up, and you're right. By the way, this is a picture of both a first in the back and a second going with kind of half-spent beats. So your second batch is going to be less dark and colorful because the beets have you know, already shed a lot of their color into the first batch. All right, so yes, um, it's generally okay if you get a white film, either in the first or the second ferment. I've seen it in both. The only qualification I want to say is that it better be white and it better not be fuzzy. Fuzzy is moldy. 
But um, yes, any kind of beets you want. You kick it up with alcohol, you could kick it up with alcohol. But anyway, not fuzzy and thin and white film. And what that is, is a yeast overgrowth right at the top where the kvass is exposed to oxygen from the air. That's where yeast tends to grow. And they're generally, I'm gonna say, you know, skim it away. It wouldn't wanna eat it, but it's not harmful. So yes, if you got a film on your second ferment or your film's first ferment, it's okay. And I'm gonna tell you what to do about it now. So you're either gonna spoon it away. If there's just a little bit, just a spoon will take care of it. But if there's quite a bit, you're gonna strain it like through a cheesecloth or a very fine sieve so that you catch that stuff um, as you're draining your liquid off the beets. Um, and taste and see if it's good. Do a smell test first, actually, then do a taste test. And if it passes both your tests, then you're good. I would not be concerned at all with that white film. I do want to give you some other tips because, you know, who wants a white film on their beet kvass? I don't know what your fermenting container is, but I want to suggest that you use an airlock fermenting vessel. This one is my favorite. It's a Pickle Pro. And the reason it's my favorite is because it's actually, let me set it down here. It's actually a modified Tatler canning lid where you, they, put a, they put a hole in it and a rubber grommet and then attach this airlock piece from you know, brewery supplies. And then it has the rubber seal from the Tatler. And you can put it on any um, wide mouth canning jar. So, you know, by the way, these are from Homesteader Supply. A link for you is tradcookschool.com slash picklepro, P-I-C-K-L-E-P-R-O, all one word. If someone would type that in the comments, that would be great. So tradcookschool.com slash picklepro. They come in sets of three. They are so handy and so inexpensive because you can ferment whatever, your sauerkraut, your beet kvass, your water kefir, whatever, and when it's done, you use this on another jar, and then this becomes, you know, goes in the fridge or you drink off of or whatever. So you don't have to have a dedicated fermenting vessel. You're not switching your foods from one to another. You're just switching the lid. Or you take it off to, like when it's done, you take this off and put it away in the pantry for when you need it later, and then you cover this and store. So I highly recommend these. The reason being that the, the white film grows in the presence of oxygen but where the ferment is exposed to the air, so if you can reduce that exposure, you're going to get less to none film. This is not completely airtight. It would have to be canned in order to, for it to make an airtight seal, but um, it's very, you know, it just reduces the whole um, exposure to air load to really improve your fermentation. The way it works is this part of it that's involved in brewing or often in fermentation now, you fill with water, it's called an airlock, and the water provides a barrier. There's, there's holes because fermenting, gas, fer, fermenting organisms will produce gases as they ferment and consume the foods in, in, in the foods they're fermenting. And so those gases can get out of your jar so it doesn't build up pressure. But this water barrier prevents air from going into your container. The link again, someone just asked, is tradcookschool.com slash pickle pro. And pickle pro is one word. So just remove that space between pickle pro that's showing up in the comments. So I love these. They're fantastic, very useful. We use them all the time. Um, another option, if you're a fan, are the, um, uh, I wrote it down, the pickle it. Those are dedicated um, fermenting vessels that are completely um, oxygen-free. So if you're on a really 
deep gut healing diet and you want you know, your ferments to be very controlled and remove all the outside um, influences from the air that most of us normal people can you know, deal with, that sounded bad, normal people. I do not mean to say that people on a gut healing diet are not normal. Sorry, Meg. <laughs> Please forgive me. Um, so anyway, the picolet is an option for people who need, who have health reasons to go completely oxygen free. And you can Google that. We also have an article on, yeah, Meg, sorry. So we also have an article at traditionalcookingschool.com if you just um, type in the search bar, uh, pickle it. And pickle it is P-I-C-K-L-I-T. And that is like one of those Fido jars. If you've seen them, they're like squarish, um, squarish glass, and they have different sizes, liters and such. <laughs> I don't want to be normal. Well, none of us are normal. So they're, they're squarish, and then they have those lids that have a um, hinge, a metal hinge that fits around you know, the glass um, neck of the jar, and it is part of the lid anyway. It hinges on, it has a rubber seal, and it clamps down completely so it's completely airtight. So either of those, a Pickle Pro or a pickle it or other completely, you know, more airtight to completely um, airtight fermenting vessel will reduce the white film issue on your beet kvass or any ferment for that matter. Are we all on the same page? Are we good? So hopefully thumbs up if you're not going to be afraid of white film anymore. And I would like to know if anybody is fermenting with the, this kind of thing already. Put a thumbs up in the comments if you are. Okay, and I just gave you two questions for thumbs up, so we don't know which one you're really saying. Um, <clears throat> but I'd love to know if you're using those. And while you're doing that, uh, I just wanted to mention some other ways to make your beet kvass. <clears throat> so I showed you this. Got a thumbs up, good. I showed you this. Um, <clears throat> we have a using the airlocks, great, glad to hear it. Cheaper methods, oh good. I'm glad to hear that. Love the Pickle Pro, says Sev. Great. So this is your regular old beet kvass, beets and salt. But you know you can kick it up. And a previous commenter mentioned adding alcohol. Yes, that would do it. But I'm going to talk to you about ways to kick it up when it's actually fermenting. And you can do that by adding other things to ferment, like carrots, hot peppers, onions, garlic, peppercorns, kind of those um, vegetables that might add some heat or depth or an even superfood quality like the uh, garlic, hot pepper. In fact, if you have my print book or if you have my lacto-fermentation ebook or you're a member of Traditional Cooking School, you have access to some of my um, kicked up kvass recipes. One of them is called kanji, K-A-N-J-I, which involves carrots and hot, hot peppers. Really delicious. In fact, if you've tasted beet kvass and you say, oh, Taste, maybe if you're one of the people that say this tastes like dirt, I don't really like it. You might like it if you uh, reduce the beet quantity and you add other things. Garlic, carrots, hot peppers. I'm getting an mmm in the comments. Yes, it is really mmm. Really, really good stuff. Okay, I have, a, I have time to take a question or two related to this question about beet kvass. So does anybody have anything else to say? I'm getting up. Peppers are too hot. I'm going to take a drink while you guys are thinking and typing. Dirt says Sev. I know. Apparently, I do too. <laughs> we must not be normal. <laughs> Great info. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you for being here and joining. 
How long does it keep? Oh, that's a good question. I know my original recipe says, let me look, but I'm gonna, if I'm remembering right, a couple weeks in the fridge at a minimum. <clears throat> just, it needs to go into cold storage. So while you guys are putting in your questions, let me just say a couple things. Oh, here, does it benefit from double fermenting like kombucha or kefir? Um, um, I guess it could. I, I, by double fermenting, are you meaning, you're not meaning reusing the beets twice, but you're meaning um, fermented again without the beets with additional stuff? I've never tried it. I really don't know. I'm not going to, I don't think it would be bad. I just don't know exactly what it would do. It, it would add more flavor, certainly, and it could potentially be very good. How long do you ferment? Okay, so I'm going to look at my original recipe. The first batch you're going to ferment for um, two days and the second batch for two days. So about two days at room temperature. If your weather is hotter, it's going to be less. If your weather is colder, it's going to be longer. And when it's done, you strain the beets and you put it in the fridge. So I mean straining and letting it sit. It's, I've actually never heard of people doing that with beet kvass. And my fear would be it getting alcoholic, but um, I would just... Just, I don't really know. <laughs> I just don't know. Yes, I will repeat that. I think it's worth trying, certainly for the flavor. So let me review the links for you guys. So the free gift I have for you, traditionalcookingschool.com slash ferment cheat. This is the free fermenting formulas cheat sheet. It gives you formulas for all kinds of ferments. The other thing is, is if you want the kvass recipe, um, you can go to tradcookschool.com slash beet kvass. Beet kvass is one word, B-E-E-T-K-V-A-S-S. -S. And if you're interested in the Pickle Pro lids, it's tradcookschool.com slash pickle pro. Pickle pro is one word. That's right. Megan has a video at Traditional Cooking School where we have a beet kvass with stevia, and that is a delicious, delicious recipe. Meg is here, but she was a guest teacher for um, our Traditional Cooking School's Allergy-Free e-course. And so that recipe's in there. You definitely check it out. A beet raspberry stevia kvass. It's delicious. Love you all. God bless you. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at tradcookschool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.